Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're kicking off our special Birth Stories for the Summer series. For the next eight weeks, I'm switching the spotlight from the pros to the amazing mamas who share their birth stories in order to bust down TV and movie myths and tell what real-life birth looks like. Today's story comes from Hinda Mandel and husband Matt, whose fabulous birth involves a cheese tasting. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as a newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to thefirst8days.com slash birthful. That's with the number eight, thefirst8days.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas-to-be. Today, I'll be talking with Hinda Mandel and Matthew White, lovely parents of the equally lovely one-year-old Mirabel. I had the honor of being their doula, and I thought it would be interesting to have the three of us give our own side of the story, since we all experienced it in a different way. Hinda and Matt, welcome. Thanks, Adriana. So, hi. Hi. for having us. We're all here. So good to have you. This will be fun. I think, yeah, I hope so. I know, I know so, because you guys are tons of fun. So, Hinda, why don't we start with you? Tell us about Maribel's birth. Oh, okay. So, when I think about Mirabel being born, it was a multi-day process. Not, necessar- not necessarily in terms of the labor, but I remember it was on a Tuesday um, when it felt like I was making a little pee-pee. Um, and that was about a week before her due date. And later that would I would learn that it meant my water was breaking, but it was very gentle pee-pee. I wasn't feeling like any contractions or anything. Um, so that was on a Tuesday, and I didn't do anything about it. Um, and then on a Wednesday, I spoke to my sister, who told me to call my doctor. Um, and... So we went in, Matt and I went in, and they did an ultrasound, and the exact words of the ultrasound technician was, you just bought yourself a ticket to the hospital. You're going to have a baby. Oh, that's just what you want to (laughs) hear. It was, and I was like, wait, I am? I mean, obviously, I knew I was going to have a baby, but I still wasn't really prepared for it in that way. Matt, what do you remember about that? Well, I laugh because I, I specifically remember... When we went to your doctors to have the ultrasound and, and see if uh, your you know maybe your water had broken uh, because uh, you didn't really know because it wasn't the uh, you know it wasn't the uh, Hollywood thing where the water breaks and uh, you know there, there's all this uh, you know it's time to have the baby we really were uncertain because uh, you didn't have that and so I remember saying to you, I'm going to bring the bags with our clothes and, and whatever we have to bring to the hospital. Yeah. And you said, you kind of, I think, said, you know, uh, we're not going to need that. <laughs> and I laughed because when we went to have the ultrasound, the uh, technician, the doctor said, uh, you know, like you said, you bought your ticket, you bought yourself a ticket to the hospital. And so I wasn't far off. So I was, uh, I, you know, it was good we brought the bags. But then we ended up going back home anyway in between, so. 
Yeah, and the drive to the hospital, it was, it was, I mean, it was nerve-wracking, but I wasn't in pain or anything. Nothing was really happening. Um, so there was uncertainty. And I remember calling Adriana on the way to the hospital. Um, and at that point, I felt like I was kind of already, like, in the medical machine. And Adriana, I think you wanted me to fight back a little bit, but I was already, like, <laughs> my mental <laughs> capacity was a little too far gone. Do you remember that? No, yeah. So you called me I, uh, around 5 p.m. to tell me, let me know that, you know, your water had broken since the day before. And I, what I really loved about all this is that you were very much, like you said, this happened, but it didn't phase you. So it had been all already more than 24 hours and you were unfazed by it. And you were just like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, you might have been... Once it got sort of real when the technician said, oh, no, you have to go in um, for an induction and um, all of that, then it might have been nerve wracking. But beforehand, like you said, you didn't think you even needed the bags. And so I think that calm state that you were in was really helping you out. It's funny that you say that because... You know, as I was preparing for the birth and doing all the reading and talking with you, I wanted to be calm. It's how as soon as a medical professional says, you're going to the hospital, it's like a switch is turned on. And, you know, I I remember that I did feel a little nervous because, oh, this medical professional tells me I just got my ticket to the hospital. I got to go. I got to (laughs) go. You know, there's no other option. Um, So I do remember that feeling. And then, um, you know, getting triaged at the hospital, and it was very clear that, I mean, there wasn't really any progress with the labor, mm-hmm. um, and, and that I would have to be induced. And it wasn't, in t- so it, I was admitted on a Wednesday, and um, and then I, I was given that Cervidil thing. Mm-hmm. And prostaglandin to soften the, ripen the your cervix, so basically to get things, you know, soft so that they can open up. Yeah, so anyone out there listening, um, it doesn't hurt. It just feels like they're inserting a tampon up there. That was fine. Um, and then Thursday morning, I was, I remember the, them telling me I was four centimeters dilated. So I was moving along, but I was very nervous. This was before Adriana came to the hospital. I think I threw up from, like, nerves. Didn't I, Matt? Um, I can't remember if you did that, but I know that you, uh, I know that you were more, stressed and uh, not as uh, relaxed or, or or in tune with what was going on and then when Adriana arrived she kind of got you into a uh, uh, she kind of tuned you into uh, controlling your breathing and, uh, and being able to I think kind of uh, deal with it much better you were much more relaxed after Adriana got there and uh, it did uh, did what she does best, uh, uh, being a doula. <laughs> yeah, it was like I felt like it was like night and day. But so the baby Mirabelle, she did not want to come out because she was not born until like ten fifty one at night on that Thursday. Um, so I was admitted the Wednesday evening. She didn't come out until almost you know Friday, super early morning. Well, well how come babies don't want to come out. So the so the trick here is if it wasn't an induction because you had a, a, a little bit of a different experience because it was 
sort of jump-started by the cervidil, um, which means your body was kind of ready because just doing that got you into it. Um, but because the water had broken and it had been more than 24 hours, th- the risk of infection goes up. So that's when they, that's why you, you kind of did, like you said, go into that, you know, birthing machine of the hospital saying, okay, you need to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in, if things, if we didn't give birth in hospitals or whatever, then you would have just hung out at home and maybe baked or watched the movie or and not had that stress. So I think the time, how the length of it would have been less important or less concerning to you um, if you had distractions that if that wasn't because in the hospital, that becomes your main focus. You're here for this yeah. and things need to happen. But let me let me ask you this, because. When I got that ultrasound um, on that Wednesday, when I got that ticket to the hospital, they were saying that the the level of the amniotic fluid was very, very low and dangerous. So, like, what's your opinion about, um, you know, like you say, like hanging out at home and waiting for the baby to come on her own terms? You know, if the, you know, does the level of the amniotic fluid matter at that point when you're so close to giving birth? So... With that, like, I'm not, I don't do anything medical and I don't have medical background, so I don't have that part of the knowledge um, of it. And, and it's hard for me to, like, give medical knowledge or advice in that point. But um, it, it I, I do know what the protocols are in terms of, like, do water breaks, you have 24 hours. And that's in this region of the country, in different mm-hmm. countries and in different states of of the U.S. They do different things. So that's where it goes back to whoever your care provider is and where you're giving birth. Like those things do set the tone for what your birth is going to be. Um, and truth be told, like I was saying before, because you were so indifferent to your water breaking, mm-hmm. like you had a very non-stressful 24 hours on the front side. Right. Oh, totally. It's very normal. Yeah, which very few moms have. Because, like, if their water breaks and they immediately are concerned, you know, or if it breaks with a gush and they call their doctors, then the first thing the doctor tells us, just like the ultrasound technician said, you bought yourself a ticket, that's kind of the response Mm -hmm. because your water broke. Um, whether the fluids were low, um, or not, like that's a whole really long discussion and looking at research and what evidence base says. And it's hard to say, depending on your specific case and what the, you know, what's very, very low as opposed to just low. And it's, it is a test that is not completely perfect because so some people equate it to, trying to measure how much water is in a bathtub. So imagine you have a a glass bathtub and you're in there and you're looking at it from underneath and you're trying to figure out how much water is in that bathtub, looking at it from below and (laughs) having a person in there. It's hard. It is a hard, like what ultrasound technicians do, it's hard. It's hard to to guess and and to estimate. Um, So, but at that same time, because, I 
I think your body, because you had had 24 hours and your body was, once the water breaks, like your body starts moving towards it and it starts, most moms do go into labor within 24 hours um, of their water breaking. Mm. So you just got that little push from Shervadil that your body was ready. And I know it was so ready because, so they put that in like at, at night on right. Wednesday. Right. And then when we like, we talked several times that night and several times in the morning, um, around 8 a.m. we talked and you were, you weren't having much rest, but contractions had started and you were right. going to walk around and see, we'll talk again when, when you wanted me to come over. And then we talked again at 10 a.m. And then you were four and 90% in zero station. Like you made great, like that's a lot of progress. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. I mean, you went from like, and, and that always just gives us a snapshot. But the snapshot, since we had something to compare it with from the night before when they triaged you, um, where nothing was happening and, you know, your cervix wasn't open. And uh, to get to 490 and zero station, like contractions were moving. It was it was good, good chunk of time i think it's more the stress of being watched right well remember when you came to the hospital we did a lot of walking around the hall and stairs and i remember that when contractions did come i remember feeling very relieved because i wanted my labor to progress so it's kind of like oh good they're coming and when they were intense i, I for the same reason i was glad because i was like all right this must mean something we're here Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a great attitude to have because you're embracing it. <laughs> and yeah. You can yeah. embrace it or fight it. So embracing right. it is... I did, end, I did fight it. So then once finally, you know, when things were really progressing, maybe I was like nine centimeters lying on the bed in the hospital. I, I remember begging you all to just give me a C-section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I distinctly remember it because... Was there some uncertainty about, I mean, well, hmm. I mean, remember I was very far along, but was there some sort of hesitation or some issue going going on? Maybe it was the positioning of the baby where something was in question where I just said, just give me a C-section. I don't. Uh, I, re I remember that our daughter, she was, uh, she was to one side uh, instead of straight on kind of. And I remember Adriana, and uh, and I think the midwife uh, basically put you on your side and kind of worked uh, worked so that the, the our daughter kind of positioned herself in the center. If my if I yeah yeah describe it. Yeah. So what was happening um, was that for some reason the her, the baby's head was you know so Mirabel's head was descending more. And the, and the cervix was off to one side, so her head. Yeah. You imagine like a you know a bag with a little opening. The opening wasn't completely down; it was off to the side, and her head was further down. So it was trying to get you in a position that would help get that cervix more aligned, because you were not quite. You felt like you wanted to push, but you were not ten yet, and there was a bit cervix left because it was to the mm -hmm. left, and and. Your belly looked like it was, you know, you could see on the outside it was kind of slanted. Oh, okay. So we were trying to, so I don't quite remember. I, see, I don't remember you saying, 
I need a C-section just get this baby out. But at the same time, during transition, which is where you were, you were like nine yeah. right there. Every mom says something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe that's why I just like go, oh, yeah, okay. She said this, but she's almost there. Let's support. <laughs> That's funny. And I also remember you, like, I remember being afraid of the whole pushing thing. And I remember you kind of talking me down saying, you know, look, you, you don't just go from like zero to 60, you work your way through these different phases. So it's not like to be so scary because it's just going to come just like all this, the phases before it have come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then with the pushing, I remember that being, um, I remember the pushing being much harder than people speak of the ring of fire and the crowning. I remember I didn't really feel that. I didn't feel that ring of fire. Um, but I remember the pushing being very, um, very what? Sorry. The, the, the pushing that process was a very, was so much more physical than I imagined it being like how hard you have to push. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when, uh, when our daughter, you know, came out, she was already out. Uh, I was standing next to my wife, uh, Hinda's, you know, uh, I was standing next to her head and, uh, you know, up to, and my wife's next to my wife's head and my wife and Hinda turned to me and said, is she out? And, uh, and she had already been out. And, uh, I don't think you even, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I mean, uh, it's like you know. just total disbelief after all that. It's amazing that it's done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or at least that part of it is done. <laughs> yeah, I, and and it does sometimes, Matt, take a little bit of time for it because, like you said, you're doing such hard work and so many hormones are going through you that the you go into labor land. Like you, you go to your. It's not that you're gone from the room, but you're in a. Do, do you find that that was the case, Hinda? Yeah, I remember. Um maybe oh, this was right before I was pushing, there was a shift in the nurses. And, and you guys mentioned that the feeling in the room changed. Um, and you all noticed that because maybe one nurse came in who was different than all the others and the atmosphere changed. And I remember you guys talking about that, but I didn't pick up on that. So I do feel like I was in my own. Yeah, you're de like, I was definitely plugged into the room. You know, everyone who's there, you're feeling everything in your body that's going on. But you, uh, at the same time, I guess I also did feel a little bit removed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, and I think that's exactly how you explained it. It's perfect. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time once the baby's out to almost, it's not come back, but like realize, go from all the internal work that you were doing to emerge back in the room and go like, oh, okay, let me, now that this intensity has gone away, I can, you know, see the walls again. And right. hey, there's a baby. Right. And it's almost like a statement of like, wait, she's out, she's out. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it, but it's a statement that's like couched in so much joy and relief. It's like, wait, this whole, it, it's over. This process of labor is, you know, over. And Hey, sweetie. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. Who, when you were in labor, uh, you know, pushing, who uh, who did you even uh, hear in the room? Did you hear me and Adriana and the midwife, but nothing else? Or were you kind of zoned? Yeah, but what else was there to hear? Well, it seems like I remember you were saying, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Did, 
Did you, did you hear what I was saying? When I was kind of just, I was there for basically, I always say that in essence, the guy, you know, the husband, the father is there for, uh, you know, or the, or the, uh, you know, the, the partner or, you know, whatever the situation is, uh, is there for, in a way, emotional support. <laughs> well, I remember that you were, I don't know if I remember, I remember you giving me ice chips to chew on, and I think some chapstick, because I think either Adriana or the nurses saw that my lips were chapped, and then you were very, very calm. I remember that. Did you feel well, calm? Me? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I gotta be honest. I, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, you know, I have friends and stuff that have had kids before me, and, you know, they've shared their stories and, and all that. And uh, some guys talk about how it was very traumatic almost, you know, because it was like such an intense, uh, intense uh, situation. But I can't say that I agree. I I thought, uh, you know, the situation basically, uh, I I felt that Hinda, uh, you know, you you basically had gotten Hinda to be uh, very in tune with her body and her breathing and pushing and all that. And I really felt that you and the midwife really had, had the situation, uh, under control, meaning, uh, you know, your communication with Hinda. And so I didn't feel, uh, stressed or worried. Yeah. But uh, Matt, don't you feel, I mean, I feel like if we didn't have a doula, it would have been a totally different situation. Oh, I'm yeah. I, I I'm tell, so freaking out. Oh, absolutely. I tell this to everybody I know, uh, especially people that I'm friends with or, or uh, acquaintances or, you know, you get chatting with people and they're, they're uh, you know, about to have their first child or, or are, are on their way, you know, to having a first child. And I say that I can't imagine – uh, going through that experience without that, without a doula uh, to there, because as a guy, you know, we're we're basically idiots. When I mean, <laughs> the whole thing, I mean, we're we're, I mean, we're actually not even an important factor in the whole birth. You know, that when 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 the when the woman gives birth, besides the fact, like I said, of being there for emotional support, which is uh, huge, though. Don't discount that. That's because that's the one thing that nobody else can give the birthing mom. Like all that love and connection um, that you are the only one that can give her. You know, there was uh, that just reminded me a, a few podcasts back. Somebody was talking of think of sitting down on the couch to watch the movie and you're there and you're sitting and, and your your partner is next to you. Like, how do you feel? Yeah. And then, okay, now do the same thing and just put your midwife there. <laughs> you don't feel the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, it's somebody that's, you know, for the process, but they're not like a, you, you don't have an emotional, uh, 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 you know, relationship with the person. Yeah, that's a great bit. Like, I remember when I was in labor, maybe around seven centimeters, you all had me um, sway and dance at to get through the contractions and right who else would i have done that with <laughs> mm -hmm. well, you know you know i also i thought it was i mean i don't know if uh, you remember this adriana because i know what you would have uh, you know in between 
I don't even know what to say. Uh, what's what in between? You know, doing the breathing. What is that? Contractions? Yeah. Yeah. Contra- in between the contractions, you know, Hinda, my wife, would go into the zone, and you would be basically helping her through the breathing and how to control it and and all that. And then once she got done with the, once you know she was out of a contraction and then in between before the next one came. I remember a couple times where I joked and uh, and 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 had the uh, laughed and smiled. But do you remember what we were joking about? Because I don't. I don't remember what we were <laughs> joking about, but I thought that was amazing. Uh, and uh, you know, because it's once again, I mean, you know, you would. Uh, these are things that you know you never kind of. I've never heard from anybody, at least myself. And, uh, and that you never really hear about that, mm-hmm. you know, you could get your wife who's in between contractions to smile and actually laugh at a joke. Yeah. And so how were you feeling in between contractions, Hinda? Um, oh, I mean, I felt totally fine. I, it was more of a mental thing where I wanted it to keep progressing. So, you know, I, I was just kind of hoping that the contractions would keep coming and that there'd be less and less time between that's what I was focused on. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, come on, let's keep this moving. Uh, definitely, definitely. And I, I, again, I think, because I can, as a doula, like we try to keep, set the environment and have a, create a really nice, um, yeah, the, have the lights be dimmed and make things calm and get you in that in that mental state or, or create a situation, create a space where you can go to that mental state. But you, the birthing mom is the one that does all the work. And the fact that you were embracing it so much, wanting contractions to come like that is a testament to your strength and to your sort of drive into the birthing process that it did create for because you progress you kept progressing you kept moving along even with the 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 different circumstances that you were thrown in terms of having that cervix be off to the side and the baby have the head her mirabelle's head like you know twisted a little bit and not things that would normally slow things down yeah. um you sort of like okay let's get up let's let's walk Let's go do some stairs. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just, oh, thank you. That's, that's, those are very nice words. Um, but, I mean, why, why wouldn't I want the contractions to come? Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm there to give birth. The, tr- the contractions have got to come. I mean, they're going to come at some point. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to keep moving. And the, the labor went on for a long time. I mean, we got there Wednesday. We, had, we, we, we arrived at the, ho- uh, the hospital on a Wednesday around dinner time. Yeah. And you were in labor until, so we're talking about from Wednesday around dinner time, you were in labor and the, our daughter didn't actually come out until the next day, Thursday evening, around 10, uh, 1040 or 1045 in the evening. So you were in labor for, uh, what uh you know 12 uh 24 over 24 hours right yeah 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 which for a first time baby is not unusual oh, okay hmm. 
because so what takes the longest usually is to get to that active labor around four or five centimeters. Okay. Um, and and then again, things like having a baby that's the you know things aren't aligned perfectly can make things take a little longer. But so, go ahead. Sorry, is this so my so. My cervix being off to one side, that wasn't particular to that one labor. That means that my cervix, my cervix is always off to one side? Nope, not necessarily. Oh. Nope, and that would be a great question. Like, next time you go talk to the midwives, yeah. you can ask them to see right now if, oh. you know, you're not pregnant. Like, where's your cervix? What does it do? Oh, um, okay. But even if it does that, it's like saying, well, you know, you've got curly hair. It's just what it is. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and it didn't stop you from having a, a vaginal birth. Is it, Mirabelle was born small, five pounds, 11 ounces. Is it easier, well, let me put it this way. Does birth weight, does low birth weight make it easier to give birth? Because she was small, but I felt like she was a little bit, you know hesitant to come out and then with the you know mismatch of the cervix and her angling right so no um and and no the the birth weight doesn't because it's more about how the positioning relates to your hips and how they open the actual size of the baby doesn't affect too too much of course a five pound baby is probably easier to birth than a 10 pound baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if the 10-pound baby was your second one, yeah. It I th- I would think yeah, I the generalizations I would say probably the first baby is harder to get out than the second baby because yeah, I, it's already gone, you know, somebody's already gone through. Someone's already gone through that that passage one. Yeah. Um I know I know a woman, she now has 5 kids. Her fifth kid was born just shy of 10 pounds, like 9 pounds, 14 ounces. And she didn't even get a single stitch that time. Mm-hmm. I just thought of one interesting thing that I, you know, I, I think somebody would never, uh, you know, this is stuff that nobody ever tells you, but it's a kind of amusing in a way. After our daughter came out, they, the, you know, they put her on uh, my wife's uh, chest, you know, and she was holding her. And my daughter, like we said, they weighed her 5'11 when she came out. She went to the bathroom on my wife's chest. She, like, pooped on me. The, the, the <laughs> What's it called? The meconium? Yeah. And, and then after they weighed her again, and she was 5'2, uh, right? Five pounds, two ounces. Uh-huh. No, no, that was like that was like a few days later. No, I think what you're trying to oh. say is that she would have weighed more if they weighed her before she pooped everywhere. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She weighed she weighed five eleven after she went to the bathroom, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So she might but have that, been a six pound baby. Yeah, but that's something, you know, uh you never hear about that, you know, that type of thing. So it was kind of it was amusing. It, you know, it was because it's uh you know, it's a little baby and well, you know, she comes into the world. It's cold. Oh. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because we joke about this, how, you know, when you're a baby, it's like, you know, our daughter or anybody's kid, you know, they, they're all warm. 
and then they come into this cold environment. There's all these lights, bright lights, yeah. people, noise, and uh, you know. But it's kind of funny because they come out and you know what are they gonna do? They got they had to go to the, she had to go to the bathroom. Oh, so. Poor little Tanti. I remember her smell. It was like a very earthy smell. Mm-hmm. You know, from all of her little, I don't know, moistures or the meconium stuff. It was a very earthy smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else do you remember? I remember her hands were very wrinkly and kind of um, like a gray colored. Yeah, you said. Yeah, I remember you said. Oh, look at the wrinkly hands. That's so funny. And then I remember oh, yes. there was a lot of attention on her hair too. Um, because ever since I was, because I used to have like you know reddish curly hair. My hair is still curly, but the color's closer to brown now. So people would always be like, ever since I was little, oh, you're one day gonna have you know hopefully a curly redheaded kid. And then when I was pregnant, people would often talk about, oh, what you know what color hair will you ba- your baby have? And then I think the nurses too were also talking about that before she came out. So there's a lot of attention on our hair, which wasn't really much at all. It's kind of disappointing. She, yeah. <laughs> she did not. She had just a little amount of hair, hardly hardly much, which is uh, you know. And we saw other babies that uh, from other people in the hospital at that time that had like uh, thick hair, beautiful, it's, luscious, like brown hair. Yeah, and and it's funny because I joked to my friends and stuff. I, I, you know, my family. I said, you know, and I got some. I took photos. I had my camera there. Uh, you know, DSLR cam, and so I got some nice photos, and. And uh, I took a couple photos of her, and I joke. When she first came out, some of those photos where, you know, she's laying, she looks like a miniature version of, like, a 50-year-old man. <laughs> her, her face, you know, and her hair, and, uh, you know, so it's, 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 uh, it's funny, you know. But then, now she's, now she, you know, as she, you know, aged, and, uh, of course, now she, you know, looks like a, a girl. But... Uh, you know, it's funny. All like you guys were talking about. She, you know, she's all wrinkly and uh, she's kind of a dark, you know, like a dark color. Uh, not, you know, sort of like uh, almost a little purplish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, one of my favorite memories is so. But so after the labor, then like they move us to the recovery room, and we didn't get there until four in the morning, so we went to sleep. And then the second night in the hospital. Um, right before bedtime, I said to Matt, I said, you know, I, I, let's put Mirabelle in the nursery, you know, so that we can at least get a good night's sleep. And, and Matt was like, absolutely not. She's my daughter. We're not going to put her in the nursery. We're going to look after he, her here in this room. So I was like, okay, whatever. So we kept her in our room. And then late that night, you know, Mirabelle is crying and I can't easily get up out of bed, you know, because I'm really sore and I had like a couple stitches and I couldn't easily attend to her. Um, so I was like, Matt, Matt, but Matt was totally conked out. So I was like, you know, what the heck? I called the nurses and then I, uh, had her brought to the nursery. So Matt and I laugh about that, how he was like insistent about keeping her here. But then when the time came, he was so tired, he couldn't even wake up. And tiredness caught up with you. Yeah. 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 Finally did. And it's, you know, it's very, I mean, you know, and, uh, it's very, I mean, the, for the guy, the sleeping, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, sleeping, uh, is not a good experience because, um, you know, they, they don't have any kind of bed or anything. It's like a chair. 
And then they brought me <laughs> It's a pull-out couch thing. Yeah, they, they brought me in like one that was, you know, you could actually lay on instead of sit. And, uh, you know, it's it's not comfortable. In fact, I, I just told a friend, I said, you know, I said, honestly, when you have, they're going to have a baby. I said, I, I, rec- I would, you know, I would say to you, bring a pillow. Uh, because, you know, if you're in there a long time, and, and you said that most people that do their first, you know, give birth to the first baby is 24 hours. It's a long time in the hospital. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, besides the fact of just trying to sleep, I remember, I don't know if they have it anymore. I mean, but I assume they would. In every room, you can hear uh, the, the uh, you know, so in every room, they have a sound, a, a sound system, a speaker, you know, on the computer. And if, if, if somebody's heart, you know, it has all the rooms connected that way. If a nurse is in another room, she can still hear if something else is going on in another room with another person. And I think they were heart monitors, and I think it because you know they don't stick on the 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 uh, you know the mother her stomach or whatever very well. They always slip off, and of course then it you know makes the the sound of no heart heartbeat or pulse. Mm-hmm. And so then it's a a beep, you know, or, or it's a tone that goes on, and that drove me half insane <laughs> because that happened probably every five minutes. I could hear that noise, and it's loud. And, uh, and so I had to put the pillow like over, or I don't even know if I had a pillow, maybe my coat or I don't know. I had to put it over my ears because it was just, I, I, I didn't get any sleep at all. Mm. It's tough. <laughs> There's a uh, research has been done and, and how many interruptions you get at the, during, in the recovery period at a, a labor and delivery unit. And it's about once every 15 minutes. Which is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, that's and, I, and and that's just that's just with uh, I mean somebody coming in the robe or whatever, but like I said, you know, it sounds sounds goofy, but those the the noises on the machines uh, were you know they were they were a major uh, you know uh, uh, in a way an, an, anno- an annoyance because mm-hmm. they did not make it you know all those noises don't make it for like a uh, you know, I, I I can't imagine it's it's necessarily comforting for the mother to have all those noises. It's definitely not a spa, that's for sure. Yeah, you don't go to the hospital to get some good sleep. <laughs> so, no, no, but I mean, I mean, you know, it it does. Uh, you know, I mean, you did get you did have to you know sleep, and uh, it uh, you know I just thought it was kind of funny because it's uh, it seems like it could be more. Uh, it could be more, you know, uh, peace, peaceful, you know, without all those extra sounds and mm-hmm. buzz, things buzzing and all that stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I I was looking through my notes here and then I have to bring up with your birth because it's one of my favorite things about it is all the nibbling and eating that Hinda that you did during labor. Well, I I will say I'm so proud. I think my daughter is also going to be a nosher. Yay. Um, I I love food. It's what I think about all the time. And I'm a real nosher and a real snacker. And ever since I was little, if I don't have food, I don't perform well. Like, so whenever I go anywhere, I always have like a snack in my purse. And so 
um, you know, hospital food is terrible, terrible. And on Thursday when I was in labor, maybe around four centimeters or so, they were having a cheese tasting in the hospital. And they always tell you you can't eat when you're in labor, which I think is ridiculous and harmful if your body wants to eat. So then Matt, what happened during the cheese tasting? Yeah, it's funny. She's like I, my favorite food. Well, I, you know, Hinda, I mean, that's a long time to go without anything to eat. I mean, they, you know, normally, you know, I, 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 I guess what I've heard and, and everything is that, you know, the medical staff doesn't want the mother to eat anything. And, uh, you know, Hinda, she has to eat, otherwise she gets lightheaded and stuff. And, uh, and I ended up bringing her up, I, you know, these th things of ice cream I got out of the cafeteria and so she ate some ice cream, and uh, and then yeah, that funny thing about the cheese uh, tasting. I think I want to say that you told me about it, Adriana. I think you came up from a you know you, you took a little break or something, and then came up and said they having a cheese tasting. And I said, oh, I'll go down. And I ended up going down, and I said, hey, my wife is uh, you know my wife's upstairs uh, in labor, and and they said, oh, here, take a bunch. So they gave me. <laughs> You know, they gave me a bunch of samples. It was the little blue cheese shop, I think, on uh, uh, that was having the sampling. And uh, they gave me a bunch of samples. I brought them up, and my wife, of course, loves cheese. She's a, you know, she loves cheese. And so she had some cheese, too. And uh, and then maybe some, uh, you know, energy bars or I don't know mm -hmm. what else. And, but I, uh, you know, I, I make sense to me. I mean, uh, you know, I can't, I, I mean, the amount of energy... And calories the mother must burn you know i can't i can't see how they could not eat something and i guess they do that i guess the medical staff doesn't want them to eat because it's something about i don't even know if this is the reason maybe you could tell me adriana normally they don't want people to eat in case they had to go in and do surgery there's like a a tiny percent chance that when they do surgery or anesthesia it could make the person uh uh have uh you know um, throw up throw up or whatever is that the reason yeah it's yeah. so it's a very slim reason uh, a slim chance but if there if you have to go for an emergency c-section and then you have to be put under um general anesthesia and you that you throw up you might inhale your stomach contents and if there's food then that can create serious problem and that's why they do it. Um, but evidence-based birth uh, has <clears throat> evidencebasedbirth.com is just a site that I love. And um, Rebecca Decker has amazing information that she researched thoroughly. And she has one one specific uh, handout on eating during labor. And I always I, I share it with clients a lot because it does talk about um, that the evidence doesn't necessarily support the not eating during labor because as you say you do need tons of energy for so many hours and you do need and it should be more left to what the mom wants and in Hinda's case because she nauseous all the time I've got I was looking at my notes and I have that you know around noon you were nibbling on a power bar where we were talking and then around two you were eating ice cream and we were while walking and also humming and then the cheese tasting was around four and then you also ate a cliff bar and that so that was magnificent magnificent but then in even during pushing you were sipping ginger ale 
Like in between the pushes. Why wouldn't wouldn't I be? Yeah, but it's, but you'd be surprised how unusual that is. Do some women lose their appetite? Some women do. They feel like they don't want to eat anything. Um, And some do get worried about, you know, what, what the risk might be. Um, But I, like I always tell moms, you know, don't ask. Mm. If you're hungry, eat. Right. I have never seen a nurse grab food from your like mom's hand and take it out from her hand as she's putting it in her mouth. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't ask. Yeah, I mean, I just brought. I just gave her things and brought her up stuff, and uh, and you know, it's it's one of those things where um, you know, there's everything in life. There's always a chance that something bad could happen. And, you know, that's the same percentage as why they don't want somebody to eat in case they have to give them anesthesia and they, and they have that 1% chance or whatever it is of them choking. I mean, you know, you have to, you know, I mean, you have to kind of, you know, there's yeah, a, I mean, like life a... is filled with like potential pitfalls, but I mean, honestly, some people can really work through their hunger and be, fine you know they can be hungry and still be productive with whatever they're doing i've never been that way so you know no good for you i mean and then you have this great story that you did a, te- a cheese tasting while in active labor counter at wegmans and she's always like more 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 you know saying more <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. but i'll add it's not just cheese she had you know they love, you know, of course, everybody loves to call everything artisan and uh, all that. But, you know, she had like not just regular cheese, but like, you know, little blue cheese shop had like, you know, really, uh, you know, fancy type of cheese or whatever, you know, special specialty cheese. So it, she not only got to eat cheese, but it wasn't it was a. Uh, like specialty uh, artisan cheese. Mm-hmm. She's a mini foodie. Yeah. Oh my god. Next time we should like, like you know, if there is next time, hopefully we should bring a little cheese platter and do give like samplings to the nurses. Yes, I love that idea. <laughs> I I, w- I just want to add too that you know, like we talked about it a little bit, um, but as far as being the the spouse and the father, uh, you know, I can't imagine not having a doula uh, there at, at my daughter's birth to help my wife. I mean, to, I think, I honestly think people that don't have doulas are setting themselves up for a stressful situation. I couldn't agree more. Because when you have a doula, I mean, she, you know, if, if your wife, uh, you know, actually, you know, if your wife is, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if the mother of the, uh, you know, the kid is willing to, uh, you know, work with the doula and, and listen to her and, and, you know, and, and kind of have that relationship. I mean, it helped my wife so great. I mean, uh, I can't imagine the amount of, I, I think that Hinda would have been very stressed out, extremely stressed out as, as, you know, one would assume at giving birth, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> Giving birth is something I know that I would never want to do, and uh, <laughs> glad I don't have to. I don't to think anyone would up. want you to give birth either. No, they probably <laughs> won't. But, but uh, you know, it's I I I think do, uh, having a doula there is a, a extremely important part of uh, uh, you know the mother giving birth, 
and uh, should actually be should always be a part of every birth because it's a support system and a guidance uh, that you don't have because the nurses they'll help you with things but they have other things going on and they're not in there all the time so you're kind of left by yourself so you know normal if you didn't have a doula it'd just be the the you know the mother that's giving birth and in labor and and the uh, the partner you know or, or you know the father or you know the the wife or whatever the situation is but uh and so i i i like i said i think having a doula is uh should be is a must uh when you you know when the when you're uh you know, when when you're when you're at labor like that. People are gonna think I paid you to say all that, Matt. I know. That's what I think I'm hesitant. <laughs> well, it's funny, wait, you know, wait, 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 Matt, I'm not a... there's one thing I wanna say, and that's like when I was high off of giving birth a couple days later, I said to my mom, I was like I was like, Oh, I love Adriana so much I five hundred babies just so I could work with her again. Now I've since <laughs> like revised that sentiment. I don't want five hundred babies. No <laughs> you just wanna work with me more. Yeah, exactly. But it's, yeah. it's true. I mean, it's true. Well, your mom, your mom loves hearing that because your mom always wants uh, us to have, you know, five hundred babies. Yeah, as That's... grandmas usually do. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I'm not a you know normally like I said I'm not well I mean I'm not a BS guy and I I have I've I've told I've had this conversation with a lot of people and and I would have never thought I'd be having the conversation except you know after the whole uh, labor process, but. Uh, you know, I, I say about the, you know, the supporting, uh, having a doula there because it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's not, uh, you know, I mean, by no means, uh, saying this just to, uh, be nice or, or, you know, or supportive of, of you, Adriana. I mean, I, I am absolutely supportive and, and, you know, I compliment you greatly and I think you do a great job, but I'm not just saying this because we're on this podcast and. I'm saying it because it's it's the truth and it's uh, and it makes sense. You know, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all about, you know, if, if something makes sense and it's helpful, why not do it? Absolutely. I can't wait for the day when insurance covers doula services mm. because that will be revolutionary in terms of mom's birth experience throughout the state for yeah. sure. For oh, sure. Be, yeah. I mean, it would, it, it, you know, it, it would be uh, it, it like I said, it, it just. I can't imagine uh, not not having some kind of support there for your for your wife that's giving birth because and for like, you well and for me yeah because like I said even just the fact of you know the 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 you know the 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 partner or whatever is really you know uh, is there for emotional support but as far as knowing you know how to help your wife breathe in the trans in the um, what am I trying to say? The uh, through contractions and transitions. Tra yeah, contractions and all that, and knowing you know that's stuff that I would have never. I w I don't know anything about you know it it uh, it so it it just uh, to me it makes total sense, and uh, I I don't understand why somebody wouldn't. But well, yay for doulas and yay, yay. <laughs> and uh, we could keep talking for hours and hours, but actually our time's running out so we gotta wrap it up um well, thanks for, thanks for letting us reminisce thank you for doing this with me it was great talking about you know mirabelle's birth Aww. oh yeah thanks for having us on and and you know just one final comment uh, uh 
the you know the whole the whole process of my daughter being born was not in any way uh any you know the it it, it just what you see on tv and in movies and all that is just really you know it, it's 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 a bunch of bs you know when you watch all that things and and movies and do have you know they have a big influence on all of us of what we how we think of the world and all that and they're really just BS because what they show in movies is not the way that, you know labor is. I mean, our, you know, at least for at least for a lot of uh, I think women. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. some women do have you know where their water breaks all at once and it's this mad dash to the hospital. But for us, it wasn't. I mean, it was a it was actually it wasn't a stressful situation going to the hospital. I mean, it was you know we we we. You know, we're efficient, but we weren't, uh, we weren't, we didn't turn into maniacs, you know? <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that experience. You know, coming on the show and sharing the experience of, of what real birth looks like. Thanks, Adriana. We really appreciate yeah. it. Oh, yeah, thank you. Go get pregnant so you can have a doula. Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. And if you'd like to share your birth story, let me know as well. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. And even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous birthful library. Happy listening.